1: Good morning, everyone. Please note that our remarks in this conference call may include forward-looking statements under the U.S. Federal Securities Laws or forward-looking information under applicable Canadian securities legislation, which we collectively refer to as forward-looking statements. Such statements reflect the company's current views and intentions with respect to future results or events and are subject to certain risks and uncertainties, which could cause actual results or events to vary from those indicated in our forward-looking statements. Examples of such risks and uncertainties are discussed in our disclosure documents filed with the SEC or the securities regulatory authorities in certain provinces of Canada. Because of these risks and uncertainties, investors should not place undue reliance on forward-looking statements. The forward-looking statements made in the con- this conference call are made as of this date, and the company undertakes no obligation to update or revise any forward-looking statements as required by law, except as required by law. The second quarter financial. Re- Financial results news release, including the related financial statement, is available on the SEC's website. Now I'll turn it over to Casey to get things started. Okay,
2: thank you, Todd, and thank you, everyone, for participating on our call today. I'd like to begin with thanking the Biomed team members for their courageous work on the front lines of this pandemic. A lot of patients are receiving the care they need inside of their home and out of harm's way today thanks to these individuals. Without this wonderful team, I would not have the opportunity to be reporting to investors on yet another record-breaking quarter. I'd I'd like to focus the call this morning on how our business has been affected by the pandemic. Let me begin with how we have pivoted to help keep our existing core business coming through the door. First, despite having little physical access to our clinics and referral sources, our outside salespeople have done a good job of electronically communicating Our physicians via email, videos, and video conferencing. Our ViMed Connect app and patient engagement portal has allowed us to stay in touch with our patients through telehealth portals, which in turn have driven meaningful clinical value to report back to our physicians. Our investment this past year into our technology platform couldn't have come online at a more crucial time. Secondly. We engaged the company to assist us with implementing our training programs into a virtual form, one where we are less reliant on travel to get new folks up and running in new territories. I was pleased that our managers and recruiters were able to hire and train seven new salespeople in seven new territories, despite facing the many logistical challenges of getting employees in the office for training. Third, our purchasing and inventory team sourced both domestically and abroad the appropriate levels of PPE inventory to not only keep our clinicians safe, but also have plenty of inventory to offer around the country to our partners in need. Fourth, we doubled down on building out our inside sales department, realizing that the future will support more touch-free call points. The new inside sales reps have been tasked with tactics to stay in front of existing referral sources, creating new ones, and deliver the message of our new offerings to the hospitals and clinics. These pivots inside of our core business allowed us to be in position to further solve problems outside of our normal course of business during the pandemic. One successful example is the development of our call center for inside sales put us in position to land a statewide contract for COVID contact tracing. The contact tracing contract will have us calling and gathering information from patients who have previously contacted the disease, contracted the disease, and reporting back to the customer. The contract is for a total of one year and has the potential to bring in seven-figure monthly revenue for as long as the customer has the need. Since Since the VA centers began limiting physical visits from our salespeople and clinicians, we decided to pivot and build out another call center campaign around rural access to care for VA patients. Many of our other campaigns are targeted to communicate directly to physicians and referral sources but this one is designed to create awareness of our rural access to care directly for the patients themselves. The initiative is designed to get patients requesting BiMed respiratory services as they visit their local VA facility. As expected, our marketing team has been extremely busy developing collateral for for these new initiatives. The team quickly created a website, www.vimeddelivered.com a site set up to provide transparency into the availability of PPE products like gloves, masks, thermometers, sanitizers, wipes, etc., available for purchase. This site has contributed to the sale of many PPE deals, which have become a significant portion of our revenue. Another example of a successful program has been the rollout of a vent rental program designed to help smaller rural hospitals struggling to find affordable ICU ventilators. With many hospitals around the country faced with stocking up on vents strictly for the pandemic, this unique program allows them to have an affordable and lean solution for their immediate inventory needs. With that being said, the majority of the revenue related to COVID in Q2 has still come from hospitals and states who are purchasing equipment. We made a lot of sales early on facilitating equipment inside of the epicenters, such as New York, Illinois, Louisiana, and Wisconsin. As inventory stabilized in those states, we began receiving more and more requests from the second-tier states, as well as hospitals throughout the country. We are still fulfilling requests for equipment to various pockets throughout the country, along with PPE, and this could be a significant portion of our revenue in Q3. Todd and I have been doing our best to keep our shareholders up to speed and create as much awareness of the BiMed investment opportunity. Not only have we been busy communicating virtually with many institutional shops, but we also held a webinar in Q2 to tell our story to new investors and open the floor up for all investor questions. A recording of this webinar can be found on our website at www.buymed.com. At this time, I'd like to turn the call over to our Chief Operating Officer, Todd Zender, to review the operations and financials for the quarter.
1: Okay. Thank you, Casey. In reviewing the financial results, all figures are in U.S. dollars, and the full results have been made available on the SEC website as well as CDAR. We generated net revenue of $42.9 million during the second quarter of 2020 as compared to net revenues of $20.3 million in the second quarter of 2019, which equates to a 111% increase. Included in the current quarter amount is approximately $19.7 million of equipment and supply sales in response to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Just like last quarter, in addition to the sales of new equipment cited above, we assisted in certain areas by deploying equipment that had previously been in our active rental fleet. Those proceeds were recognized in the gain on disposal of property and equipment, and the gross proceeds related to those sales was approximately $2.5 million. Not considering the effects of COVID-19 pandemic, our second quarter 2020 organic revenue was approximately 14% higher than the second quarter of 2019. Our vent patient count declined slightly from the first quarter and was up 8% over the prior year second quarter amount. As previously mentioned, we tightened up on our processes during the pandemic to make sure we we retrieved non-compliant vents more aggressively as we were seeing the need for equipment at such a high level. As we reported during the last quarter, New patient referrals have slowed as a result of slower hospital admissions with the ongoing pandemic, but we continue to admit new patients into our program. As I mentioned on the prior earnings call, our margin percentages, both gross and EBITDA, will be fluctuating as COVID-related product sales during the current year skew skew comparability. Most importantly, both gross margin and EBITDA hit all-time highs during the current quarter of 259 and $16.3 million, respectively. While our gross margins didn't reflect it, our EBITDA benefit from the CARES funds received during the quarter, totaling approximately $3.5 million. Although it doesn't impact our EBITDA, I wanted to point out that we recorded a large tax benefit during the current quarter. This $6.6 million benefit is the result of removing the valuation allowance that has been carried against our deferred tax assets. We expect that we will be able to benefit from these assets over time, as we expect to generate more taxable income. Accordingly, we have removed the valuation allowance in order to begin utilizing these assets. Our SG&A for the quarter totaled approximately 16.4 million, as compared to 11.5 million in the prior year's second quarter. The rate of hiring slowed down at the end of the first quarter with travel restrictions, but we have picked that backed up during the quarter. We have mainly been looking for new sales reps and clinicians, but we have also bolstered our marketing technology division. We have many initiatives in these areas because the pandemic is rapidly changing how most healthcare companies are conducting business. Our investments into the future growth of the company continue with our PET pilot and the ViMed Connect app. As previously mentioned, the development of this app was able to be fast-tracked as a result of our prior technology investment. We are once again looking at ways to augment our technology platform into other areas, and our current focus of time and resources is in the remote patient monitoring area. While we don't have anything specific to discuss related to our upcoming plans, we are working diligently across a variety of different projects in order to provide a world-class solution. Because we have made technology investments over the last couple of years and continue to invest in this area, we are in a unique position to capture the rapidly expanding market segment. As in prior quarters, we once again have a very solid balance sheet with approximately $29.7 million in cash at quarter end, $11 million of AR, and an overall working capital balance of roughly $17.4 million. Our AR during the second quarter came back down to traditional levels, and is actually at the lowest that it has been in about 18 months which is a good sign that our new workflow system is operating effectively. Our long-term debt is approximately $8.3 million and being serviced with operating cash flow. We plan to continue to minimize the amount of leverage on our balance sheet in order to remain opportunistic to changes in the business landscape. This record quarter has allowed us to improve our liquidity position, and we are poised to continue investing into our rapidly growing and changing business. Along the regulatory landscape, we previously noted that the Non-Invasive Ventilation Code was pulled out of the 2021 Competitive Bidding Program. During the current quarter, the movement towards more defined clinical guidelines for non-invasive ventilation took a major step when MedCAC conducted a detailed review of the criteria that should be used when evaluating a patient's need for our therapy. Our Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Fraser, was a presenting speaker at MedCAC, along with other industry experts and gave evidence to the successful outcome of at-home use of non-invasive ventilation for the treatment of certain respiratory diseases. We are hopeful that guidelines will be coming in the future, which would undoubtedly decrease the amount of unsupported audited, audits com- conducted by the contractors that do not have current authoritative rules to follow. We support, we support the development of more defined clinical guidelines and clear admitting criteria, And ultimately feel that this would benefit both our business and the patients in need of treatment. Moving on to the third quarter, we have provided net revenue guidance in the 31 to 35 million dollar range, which includes approximately 6.8 to 9.8 million dollars of revenue related to the COVID-19 pandemic. Once again, our margins will be difficult to guide due to the efforts in the pandemic having an impact on revenue composition. We have a broad array of various orders that we are working to secure and our current focus is to procure the equipment and services needed to fulfill these potential orders. This record quarter is a testament to our talented team of professionals who continuously prove to be a piece of the solution in this pandemic. At this time, I'll turn it over to Casey to wrap things up. Thank you, Todd. There
2: were many positive and important themes to report on during this second quarter. We had themes of diversification through different products and services, service offerings. We consider it to be a major win that our core business has not fallen off despite having limited access to stay in front of our referral sources. The work being put into the remote patient monitoring has the potential to transition our multiple as an organization in the future of more of a technology play. We intend to capitalize on the relationships that we created with our hospitals through joint venture discussions. Maybe the most exciting thing to investors is that we are still servicing patients in an underserved market with less than 5% market penetration, at a time where we desperately need to keep patients out of the hospital and treated in the home. While I, too, am excited about all these tailwinds for our business, there's one theme that I'm most proud of. We have the management team in place to take this business to a special place. Never before have we had the opportunity to pressure test our team's ability to be creative and nimble. Historically, our team has always stepped up to the challenge of creating value and constantly growing this company, but to do it in uncertain times and in such a creative manner, it really gives me the confidence as a leader of this organization that we will make ViMed the largest respiratory home health care technology company in the country. We all appreciate your interest and investment into our company and look forward to continuing to create more shareholder value. This concludes our prepared remarks. We'll now open up the floor for questions.
3: Thank you. We will now be conducting a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question, please press star and one on your telephone keypad. A confirmation tone will indicate your line is in the question queue. You may press Start 2 if you would like to remove your question from the queue. For participants using speaker equipment, it may be necessary to pick up your handset before pressing the star keys. One moment, please, while we poll for questions. The first question is from Brooks O'Neill from Lake Street Capital Markets. Please go ahead.
4: Guys, congratulations on your continued success. That's fantastic. Thank
2: Thank you, bro.
4: bro. Yep. So I have a couple questions. I guess uh, I think Todd mentioned in his prepared remarks the fact that your a number of ventilator patients was down quarter over quarter this, this this period. But at the same time, your ventilator revenues were up this quarter, quarter over quarter. So I'm hoping you could just explain a little bit more about what's going on there. Obviously, we could guess a little bit about the number of ventilator patients. But just tell us what you see going on
1: there and what's driving the improved revenue. Yeah, what's happening, Brooks, is if we have noncompliant patients, that really – they go on hold, and we're not able to bill those patients, and so it doesn't really contribute to revenue. And our policy has always been to have our therapists get in there and do everything we can to try to get that patient utilizing the vent, so that we can get the the therapy going and we can start billing again. This quarter, there was such a huge need for ventilators during the pandemic. If we couldn't get compliance going, we were picking those up, and we, you know, obviously we sold vents and rented vents to the, uh, the most appropriate place. So while our active patient count was down slightly, we didn't have any impact from that loss uh, to our revenue line.
4: Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, second thing, uh, obviously in a pandemic uh, impacted quarter, 14% organic growth is tremendous in the core business, but as you guys think about the next few quarters, and I know there's not a lot of visibility, but do you think you can get that organic growth in the core business back into the 20s, or
1: maybe even higher? You know, we're not going to guide a number because we obviously just have our one quarter out. We are we are doing all we can to continue to get or to get back to that historical growth rate. And we're it's taken new technology and it's taken different ways of uh, selling. We don't have access to the hospitals as much, so our goal is to get there, but look, things are changing pretty quickly. And so we, you know, one of our biggest advantages is evolving as fast as anyone. So we're, uh, we're going to give it our best shot, but we don't have any formal, you know, guidance out there. Yep. Okay. I understand that. And then I'll just ask one more. So uh,
4: I confess I got a little distracted in the middle of the call and I might have missed it, but do you still see a big opportunity with the VA? Are you making progress with the VA and is you know, is there some near-term uh, white space out there that that will turn the VA into a more meaningful revenue contributor in the next few quarters?
2: Yeah, we uh, we still are very excited about the VA, Brooks. It's it you know in June we we really got back out into the field and then we had to pull back in, in July, so that kind of halted us a little bit. But uh, we saw new VA centers coming online. They're paying the, – the VA centers, and just to give you an example, in Arkansas are paying attention to what the centers are doing in Oklahoma that are doing business with us. And so, you know, you can see signs of how we can build up on that momentum to um, to get our business going. As mentioned in previous calls, we are – we're in with all the third-party administrator payers. Um, got the national contract with the BCA. We've got all of our services uploaded. We've uh, we've begun to get paid on our pulmonary rehab program, and so, you know, we expect once we can get back into the home physically that we'll get a lot of momentum in the VA, but it, it kind of, we, we got turned back on, we got turned back off right at the end of the quarter, so that's the reason that uh, we have a little bit of a hold up right now. Okay, so we, great. We remain we very, very excited about the opportunity for sure. Yep. Okay,
4: thanks a lot, and congratulations. I mean, it's a perfect environment for you, and you guys sound like you're executing beautifully.
5: Thanks, thanks Brooks.
3: The next question is from Nick Corcoris from Acumen Capital. Please go ahead.
6: Good morning, and congrats on a great quarter. Thanks, Nick. Uh, so one question I have is Venn patients were down about 3.3% uh, quarter over quarter. And I'm wondering how much of that uh, decreases from the noncompliant patients that you took the vets back
1: from? Probably the majority of it, Nick. Like I was just telling Brooks, those don't really drive revenue on a, like, on a day-to-day basis. If they're not compliant, we're not able to bill for them. So if we look at just our setups and our true pickups due to, you know, death or due to going into facility and so forth, that would have been probably relatively flat.
6: Great, and then how should we maybe think about Q3 in terms of the total patient number? Will we expect that to be flat, or could it potentially go up quarter over quarter as uh, you don't have a drag from the, uh, the non-compliant patients anymore?
1: Yeah, we don't have that. Our guidance implies some growth, and you can see the revenue growth. I forget, maybe it's probably in the 5%, um, depending on where it is, in the, in the range of guidance. So we're, we are expecting to see some growth, although, you know, like I said in my prepared remarks, facilities are still a little slower than they are in a traditional manner. Um, and so we're having to get business from more unconventional methods and supplement that through our new service offerings that we've uh, been actively building out. Okay, that's great. I was wondering uh, if the, the guidance implies some growth there.
6: And then, Bad debt expense was down quarter over quarter, and I think it's one of the lowest levels you've had in uh, in at least a few quarters. Can you maybe comment on what was happening there?
1: I think it's really just, dude, we're a year and a half into this new workflow software. We talked about it last year. When you're working through two different databases, it's going to be harder to collect things more real-time. What's a great testament is our our actual accounts receivable is as low as it's been in a year and a half, and bad debt was still low. So that just means we're doing a good job of collecting the revenue we build.
6: And then do you still expect the uh,
1: the bad debt expense to be in the historical range that you talked about? Yeah, we do. I mean, obviously we're looking at a notional amount now because when you're looking at things on a percentage basis by us having all this COVID revenue. That's really very, very, very collectible. So um, from a notional amount, I think it's going to be somewhere near historical. But look, maybe one quarter becomes – we can't say it's a trend. Maybe if we have another quarter of low, that's going to be starting to creep back down over time. We'll have to wait and see, though.
6: And then uh, the final question for me just has to do with the, uh, the CARES Act. You uh, you received $3.5 million in the quarter. What are the conditions for that, uh,
1: that money? There's a lot of details to it, but effectively, you just have to show that you have the ability to utilize this on COVID-type items, which our company will obviously have no shortcoming on spending money on COVID, whether it be through all of our, you know, frontline workers to um, all the equipment that we're sourcing and so forth. We have no problem. We will have a multiple of, um, of different ways to show the utilization. And that's why we were able to recognize the entire $3.5 million during the quarter, because we've spent well over that already. That's all for me. Thanks a lot. Thank you.
3: The next question is from Richie Kahadir from Richie Capital Group. Please go ahead.
5: Hi. Good morning, uh, Casey and Todd. Uh, congrats on the strong quarter. Uh, thank you for taking my question. Sure. Um so just it, it it sounds like you're you're making uh, a few adjustments in your sales approach um you know kind of moving from you know kind of traditional sales channels to kind of inside sales and so I wanted to get some more color on uh how you're adjusting your high touch model which I've always viewed as 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 really a a, a differentiator uh for or via Med, um, you know, how do you see that changing both in the near term and kind of post-COVID? Do you see these adjustments as, that you're making now as being kind of uh, something that you plan to continue going forward?
1: Yeah, uh, this Casey, yeah,
2: I'll take that one. D. The adjustments really to our service protocol are no different other than the fact that we physically are not able to get back into the home as much. So what we're doing is we are connecting them through our ViMed Connect app and our patient engagement portal, and our therapists are interacting actually more frequently than they were in the past. So we have some tremendous success stories on how we're just able to stay in front of the, the patient more frequently and, and deliver uh, a better quality of care in some cases the uh in the event that we physically need to get out there and we're just being very careful and we're following clinical protocols of 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 suiting up and uh in 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 the, in ways that we can drop off equipment at the front door we'll we'll do that and uh if we can walk them through a telehealth kind of camera uh put your mask on and seal it up this way we're we're going to take advantage of that as well so i think all of those things are positive what we're seeing is, you know, where a therapist might be only to manage 60 patients, well, now you're seeing numbers where they can manage 90 patients by way of using technology at their disposal. As it relates to the sales process, we we're getting creative and uh, also having some success. You know, now we're able to stay in front of these physicians with some short clip videos. They totally get it, they understand that you know, we're hindered and 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 a lot of times they're they're like, why haven't we been doing this all along before? Because we're just getting a short 60-second message in front of them. And, uh, oh, I didn't realize that about KPMG. Send me more on that. And so they, you know, we're responding with the studies and getting them in time. They have more time to kind of download information when they're not in the hustle or bustle of their day-to-day as much as well, too. So lots of positives there. It's just we're kind of going through just a, a shift of the landscape of how we communicate but uh, i in, I completely intend on this being a part of our strategy on a go forward basis, even whenever we can physically get back into the office. We're going to continue to use these tools and tactics to stay in front of our folks. So uh, I see it only as building
5: momentum for the future. Okay, that's great. Uh, and one one more quick question uh, with you know with with your cash balance growing so quickly, are there any you know, kind of new thoughts on how to deploy, whether you know, investing in new technology or or seeking out inorganic opportunities.
1: Yeah, right now it's the the top two uses are technology based solutions, whether that's you know we we've, we've made both made comments about remote patient monitoring and final, you know, finalizing this PEP um, program. So technology investment is a big one. Obviously, continue to invest in equipment as we um, you know as we continue to grow our patient base and get ready for that. And then, ultimately, we will look at inorganic opportunities, as we've always said. It's just not our number one focus with the uh, cash right now.
5: Okay, great. Thank you, Joan. That's all I have. Thanks, Mm -hmm. Richie.
3: The next question is from Mordecai Yavnev from Focus Capital Management. Please go ahead.
7: Hi. Uh, Congratulations on the quarter. I just have a, a couple of questions about the, the, the event count. Um, it, how much of the of decline in event count would be due to attrition, and how much is just not being able to uh, replace patients? Is, it, is, it, is there a higher attrition because of COVID, and therefore you're just replacing the patients instead of growing, or is it pretty much the same attrition, you're just not able to get a new patients? No,
1: like I told Nick earlier, Mordecai, it's really our. Our new patients and our pickups were probably about flat. This was just a matter of us needing to um, clean up some, some processes to go get some of these noncompliant patients where the billings were on hold and we needed to get vents to sell to people. So if you look at our quarter, uh, it was really pretty flat, but we, we, took, the, uh, we took the time to um, go get some of that inventory and put it in the most needed hands.
7: That, that much I got. I was just wondering whether... The attrition is was, is higher than normal because of COVID, or, uh, or are you pretty much seeing the same on that?
1: Attrition <laughs> was about the same. Setups were slightly lower. Mm-hmm,
7: mm-hmm. And uh, are you able to give any color about different parts of the country? Are there other are there parts of the country where maybe I know say uh, New York is in uh, phase four reopening? Are there parts of the country where you're able to act, um, get new patients more normally, and parts not, or or in terms of your business, is pretty much the same mission-wise.
2: Yeah, every area is really different, and I mentioned it in my prepared remarks. The early epicenters, such as New York and Louisiana, have somewhat stabilized, but the um, you know you got new areas out in the Midwest and further west that are that are kind of turning into hotbeds. We're seeing requests for 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 ventilators from hospitals and in states. So. We're just kind of sticking and moving. It's it's not one particular state right now. It's it's um it's kind of random. So it's 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 very hard to track.
7: Mm-hmm. Okay. You expect that after after COVID, eventually in the rearview mirror, that you'll be going back to the growth rates that you had before in the core business. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. You I know, know, worry, you know you. Just, yeah. just to follow up on that, Mordecai, i give you a little bit more color. I mean, if you think about it, our patients are struggling with a chronic disease. They, It's it's terminal. They, they haven't gone away. We still have the market penetration number being low. It's just the fact that we can't get more proactive with interacting or intervening with care earlier and staying in front of the physicians to get them to look for it sooner. And that's the part that really has made us flat. So... Uh, we, uh, we still got the patience. We still got the sales program. And once we get back on the tail end of this thing, we expect to get back to those same growth rates.
7: Okay, great. Thank you. Congratulations again on your quarter.
2: Thank you. Right.
3: For any further questions, please press start and one. Start and one. The next question is from Michael Eisner, private investor. Please go ahead.
8: Uh, great quarter, guys. Thank you. I like the cash uh, position. A uh, couple questions: are you, As a percentage of employees,
1: are you going to be hiring more RTS? Uh, no, I don't think our composition will really change, Michael. Um, you know, we—the only thing that could change it is, like Casey said, if we. If our technology investments have it to where we can actually get more efficient and have more patients for the RTs, that could change our composition. We're always looking for new RTs and especially new RTs that we can turn into salespeople. Um, But I don't think as a percentage it will change over time.
8: uh, Going forward, will each RT be able to see more patients a month
1: when the COVID uh, kind of gets back to normal? Yeah, maybe it really will depend on the technology that I just mentioned, but uh, you know, it right now it's staying pretty flat. Uh,
8: question on that contract, did that begin
1: yet? The tracing the tracing contract, I'm sorry. Not yet. We are in the we are building it out right now. It should start in a couple of weeks. How big uh can that get? Well, you know, like Casey said, it could be uh it could be Seven figure. It could be a million dollar plus month uh per month contract if we're able to source everything. All right. And I guess your expected revenue for the third quarter, the big spread is because of uh vent sales. Yeah, just because of PPE and uh product sales. Uh not just vents. We're we're like Casey said in his remarks, we're selling all kinds of different products now. So There's a lot of variability to those contracts and what we're able to source. So we just put a wider range. All right. And do you see uh, consolidation in this
8: industry?
2: Not really, not so much just yet. We expect to see some here in the future, but um, as it stands right now, it it hasn't begun to a different degree than it was before COVID. Let's just say
8: it that way. And final question, uh, how long do you? I don't know if you can answer this. How long do you see the uh, event sales going on for?
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to say. We kind of had a low in July, and then it turned back on here at the end of the beginning of July, and then it turned back on at the end of July and in various little pockets, and so that's got us really active in blitzing all hospitals across the country and just checking on them just to see what their needs are. Uh, it really spawned our vent rental program as well. We were finding a lot of rural pockets of hospitals that were struggling to buy vents, and you know, just because they were cash poor. And so uh, we started a, a leasing program just to get them some invasive ventilators that they can use. All sorts of different opportunities are popping up still, uh, probably on a smaller scale in terms of volume, but but more of them than when COVID first started. And,
8: uh, oh, so that's a kind of a new area you got into, uh, vent uh, leasing. That's correct. Vent
2: leasing directly that's... to the hospital,
8: yes. So this way you don't have to supply uh, the RTs to, to work with them. Yeah, we're either selling the vent directly to the hospital or we are offering them
2: a leasing program. And, yes, technically that is new. So going forward, the next uh, that could work out very well. Yeah, no, if we we expected to, and then there's other opportunities for us to maintain the vents and manage the vents and help them with inventory and so on and so forth. So we're we're exploring all those opportunities as well.
8: Yeah, I think your your inventory was, was up.
1: Yeah. yeah, our inventory balance that's, that's really more PPE and so forth, uh, not as much of our rental fleet type items. All
8: right, thank you. Great job.
1: Thanks, Michael.
3: Next question is a follow-up question from Nick Corcoris from Acumen Capital. Please go ahead.
6: Okay, Hi guys, just one more question for me. I noticed that uh, SG&A is up quite a bit quarter over quarter, and I was wondering if you could uh, break that down. What the variance uh, from Q1 to Q2 was.
1: I don't have it right in front of me. I think there's doc. I think some of that is disclosed in the uh, 10Q, Nick. Um, but if you follow up with me later, I mean it probably. Um, a lot of it has to do with wages and then the stock price going up. Um, so just why don't you to why don't you follow up with us a little later and then we can break that down.
5: Okay. That sounds great. Thanks.
3: There are no more questions at this time. I would like to turn the floor back over to vimet for closing comments.
1: All right. We want to thank everybody for participating on the call. And uh, as always follow up, if you have more information and, uh, Appreciate your continued support.
3: This concludes today's teleconference. You may disconnect your lines at this time. Thank you for your
0: participation.